Book Ten, Chapter Two, of the League of the Scarlet Pimpernel. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The League of the Scarlet Pimpernel by Baroness Ortsy. Book Ten, Needs Must, Chapter Two. As soon as the sound of the children's footsteps had died away down the corridor, Labelle turned with a grunt to his still silent companion. And now, citizen Chauvelin, he said roughly, perhaps you will be good enough to explain what is the meaning of all this tomfoolery. Tomfoolery, citizen? queried the other blandly. What tomfoolery, pray? Why, about those papers, growled Labelle savagely. Curse you for an interfering busybody. It was I who got information that those pestilential aristos, the Montorgueils, far from having fled the country, are in hiding somewhere in my district. I could have made the girl give up their hiding place pretty soon, without any help from you. What right had you to interfere, I should like to know? You know quite well what right I had, Citizen Lebel, replied Chauvelin with perfect composure. The right conferred upon me by the Committee of Public Safety of who I am still an unworthy member. They sent me down here to lend you a hand in an investigation which is of grave importance to them. I know that, retorted Lebel sulkily, but why have invented the story of the papers? It is no invention, citizen, rejoined Chauvelin with slow emphasis. The papers do exist. They are actually in the possession of the Montorgueils, father and son. To capture the two aristos, would not only be a blunder, but criminal folly, unless we can lay hands on the papers at the same time. But what in Satan's name are those papers? ejaculated Lebel with a fierce oath. Think, citizen Lebel, think, was Chauvelin's cool rejoinder. He thinks you might arrive at a pretty shrewd guess. Then, as the other's bluster and bounce suddenly collapsed upon his colleague's calm, accusing gaze, the latter continued with impressive deliberation. The papers which the two aristos have in their possession, citizen, are receipts for money. For bribes paid to various members of the Committee of Public Safety by royalist agents for the overthrow of our glorious republic. You know all about them, do you not? While Chauvelin spoke, a look of furtive terror had crept into Lebel's eyes. His cheeks became the color of lead, but even so he tried to keep up an air of incredulity and amazement. I, he exclaimed, what do you mean, citizen Chauvelin? What should I know about it? Some of those receipts are signed with your name, citizen Lebel, retorted Chauvelin forcefully. Bah, he added, and a tone of savage contempt crept into his even, calm voice now. Herriot, Fourquier, Ducros, and the whole gang of you are in it up to the neck, trafficking with our enemies, trading with England, taking bribes from every quarter for working against the safety of the Republic. Ah, if I had my way, I would let the hatred of those aristos take its course. I would let the Montorgueils and the whole pack of royalist agents publish those infamous proofs of your treachery and of your baseness to the entire world and send the whole lot of you to the guillotine. 
he had spoken with so much concentrated fury and the hatred and contempt expressed in his pale eyes were so fierce that an involuntary ice-cold shiver ran down the length of lebel's spine but even so he would not give in he tried to sneer and to keep up something of his former surly defiance bah he exclaimed and with a lowering glance gave hatred for hatred and contempt for contempt what can you do and i am not mistaken there is no more discredited man in france to-day than the unsuccessful tracker of the scarlet pimpernel the taunt went home it was chauvelin's turn now to lose countenance to pale to the lips the glow of virtuous indignation died out of his eyes and his look became furtive and shamed you are right citizen lebel he said calmly after a while recriminations between us are out of place i am a discredited man as you say perhaps it would have been better if the committee had sent me long ago to expiate my failures on the guillotine i should at least not have suffered as i am suffering now daily hourly humiliation at the thought of the triumph of an enemy whom i hate with a passion which consumes my very soul but do not let us speak of me he went on quietly there are graver affairs at stake just now than mine own lebel said nothing more for the moment perhaps he was satisfied at the success of his taunt even though the terror within his craven soul still caused the cold shiver to course up and down his spine chauvelin had once more turned to the window his gaze was fixed upon the distance far away the window gave on the north that way in a straight line lay calais bologna england where he had been made to suffer such bitter humiliation at the hands of his elusive enemy and immediately before him was paris where the very walls seemed to echo that mocking laugh of the daring englishman which would haunt him even to his grave lebel unnerved by his colleague's silence broke in gruffly at last well then citizen he said with a feeble attempt at another sneer if you were not thinking of sending us all to the guillotine just yet perhaps you will be good enough to explain just how the matter stands fairly simple alas replied chauvelin dryly the two montagues father and son under assumed names were the royalist agents who succeeded in suborning men such as you citizen the whole gang of you we have tracked them down to this district have confiscated their lands and ransacked the old chateau for valuables and so on two days later the first of a series of pestilential anonymous letters reached the committee of public safety threatening the publication of a whole series of compromising documents if the marquis and the vicomte de montorgueil were in any way molested and if all the montorgueil property is not immediately restored i suppose it is quite certain that those receipts and documents do exist suggested lebel perfectly certain one of the receipts signed by herriot was sent as a specimen my god ejaculated lebel and wiped the cold sweat from his brow yes you'll all want help from somewhere retorted chauvelin coolly from above or from below what if the people get to know what miscreants you are i do believe he added with a vicious snap of his thin lips that they would cheat the guillotine of you and in the end drag you out of the tumbrils 
and tear you to pieces limb from limb. Once more that look of furtive terror crept into the commissary's bloodshot eyes. Thank the Lord, he muttered, that we were able to get hold of the winch Clement. At my suggestion, retorted Chauvelin curtly, I always believe in threatening the weak if you want to coerce the strong. The Montorgueils cannot resist the winch's appeal. Even if they do at first, we can apply the screw by clapping one of the young ones in gaul. Within a week we shall have those papers, Citizen Lebel, and if, in the meanwhile, no one commits a further blunder, we can close the trap on the Montorgueils without further trouble. Lebel said nothing more, and after a while Chauvelin went back to the desk, picked up the letter which poor Lucille had written, and watered with her tears, folded it deliberately, and slipped it into the inner pocket of his coat. What are you going to do? queried Lebel anxiously. Drop this letter into the hollow tree by the side of the stable gate at Montorgueil, replied Chauvelin simply. What? exclaimed the other. Yourself? Why, of course. Think you I would entrust such an errand to another living soul? End of Book 10 Chapter 2